Happy birthday, witch. It's the Geek Confidential Podcast. Podcast. My name is Luke Kurt. Joining me today, Melody Eagles. Welcome, Mel. Hey, hey. And Mo Walker. Welcome back, Mo. We, we missed you last time, and I wanted to discuss Doctor Who. And Dan and Mel do not watch, so I'm looking forward to getting your opinions on that. Now that we're three episodes down, I think tonight will be the yes, fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I'm glad to be here. Sorry, I had to miss last time. But I am definitely here, ready to talk about some TV. There has been a lot of good TV. Um, we have Sabrina, the, or the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina premiered on Netflix. Daredevil premiered. I've been able to watch the first two of both of those. So I'm looking, for, hopefully um, you guys might have checked that out. Legends of Tomorrow returned. Didn't have the greatest ratings, but boy, was it a magical episode. What hit your radar and what excited you this last week, Mel? Um, I have to go with American Horror Story. Again? Yes, I'm telling y'all, like, this is, for me, probably the best season since Coven. It is firing on all cylinders. I love that we have lots of familiar faces, which is kind of it's what it's known for here. But I love the story this week. You know, we, we saw... Um, Cordelia have a meeting with the voodoo devil then she knows that the end of the world is coming and that Michael the new supreme is also the antichrist and she's trying to do the best she can to figure out some way to save everyone so she comes up with a scheme to meet with the, the voodoo devil and she meets with him and they try to come up with a deal, but the deal is too rich for her, you know? And we saw it. We saw Nan. I was so happy to see her. But I just, I'm loving the story this year. I'm loving the characters. I, this show has me excited for once. Now, I say that now because we know by the end of the season is definitely possibly completely fall off the rails, but it was great. Mo, what TV show or, um, episode has you most excited black lightning still continues to do the thing it, it there's no sophomore slot with this show no it, one of the things i like about this the black lightning is that it breaks up the season into these like little story arcs uh and the current one is called uh, the book of consequences so it, it it is about the consequences of the first season and so i like that jefferson he may have saved the school as Black Lightning, but it cost him his job. And I love the slow burn of him dealing with the after effects and understanding, like, you know, I love these kids. I love being Black Lightning. I love being Freeland. But when the two intertwine, I've got to deal with the consequences of, of that. And, I, and that means my job. And then, you know, he can't deal. He's got to deal with, continues to deal with the fallout. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it's very very powerful uh stuff i love um tobias the actor who plays tobias whale he continues to be one of the most intriguing uh superhero villains on a superhero show i mean i want like a tobias whale maybe 
they could do his origin in one of those animated cartoons or uh he need he, he it's like i need like a tobias whale mini series just to fill in the gaps on him because he's such an intriguing character um it, it just it just still delivers like week in and week out um james remar is gandy he, I mean, he, I'm just waiting for him to get popped, but it just seems like that man, every time he walks into a room, he pulls out a gun. It's it's so hilarious. Uh, well, it, it, it's, it's hilarious and serious at the same time, but I, I just also love how it continues to deconstruct a lot of what's going on in society in terms of like contemporary issues and so forth, and frames it through the superhero lens and, and and at the same time remaining a family drama. Mine is actually episode three of Doctor Who. They have the Rosa Parks episode. And this was the episode. Jodie Whittaker has been fantastic in everything. Like, I cannot speak more highly of her if I wanted. I think that she has made this show her own. <laughs> but in terms of the impactful episodes, this episode was as impactful for me just from a purely character driven storyline as say the introduction of the weeping angels. I thought that it was immensely well done how they did the conflict of going back through time. And I was reminded of timeless in which um, he's, he said that the uh, history has not been good to black people. And that was sort of what one of the sidekicks whose name, like I said, this is my weak thing about doctor who I just, the companions are just, I don't, they're not memorable for me, like, yet. Are you talking about Ryan? I, the black Yes. The, the black but, but yeah, yeah, not, yeah, Ryan. I couldn't tell you the name of any of the three of them, but, and that's where my problem with Doctor Who is, is like, I just don't, none of them have made that big of an impression, but his story about coming back through time and dealing with that era of discrimination and what it was like, and then them telling Rosa Parks' story in the manner with which they did it, was really, really good and very powerful to the point where I teared up at the end watching it. And it's been a long time other than like the departure of a really important doctor or companion where I've teared up over just a normal episode of Doctor Who. I'm really looking forward to discussing it more with you, Mo. But let's just dive into some of the things that we've all been watching. Mel. Yes. I know you've been watching The Flash. Have his daughter, the Barry and Iris's daughter, has as many problems making mistakes as Barry does. You know, she's his daughter. Exactly, I was about to say, Ma, you can tell she absolutely got it honest because she be making the same dumb decisions he makes. Like, it's just like, wow, this is really this is actually your kid because that's the only way that she's gonna make all these decisions. Because I just, girl. I mean, we already know that she's messed with the timeline, trying to go going back in time and seeing her dad. We already know that's been affected. So there's that storyline. And then they kind of have the same characteristics and similarities and ways of thinking. I think that's interesting. And, you know, I think it was this week he told her to sit out and she didn't want to do it and she did what she wanted to do. So that was kind of interesting as well. But I want to know more about the relationship between Nora and Iris because Nora doesn't want anything to do with her mother. And I need to know why. Mo, what are you thinking of The Flash this season? Well, I really enjoy the dynamic between Iris, uh, Barry Iris, 
and Nora. And again, as Mal just alluded to, it's it's re- I'm really intrigued by why the relationship between Iris and Nora in the future. And I'm kind of part of me feels like does she res- does Nora resent Iris for some reason, or as alluded to in uh, the third episode of, of the season, The Death of Vibe, uh, by uh, the new Harrison Wells, Sherlock, or Sher- yeah, Sherlock Harrison. Yeah, Sherlock whatever, Wells whatever, whatever he's, he's yeah, going by. Sherlock but... Wells. Harrison yeah. Wells, 3,722. <laughs> well, there's at least 52 he... of them, right? Yes. Well, no, 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 less than that, because one of them got killed. We know a couple of them are dead, so... Okay, well, they're originally at least 52. 52. So, but it seems he hinted at somebody kind of goaded or uh, kind of prompted Nora to, to travel back in time. And I'm part of me is wondering if that was Iris, because they have some... That Iris and Nora have cooked up some sort of plan to keep... Barry from disappearing during the crisis. So I'm of kind of two minds about where, where that story storyline is going. And, and I'm, I, I'm not really sure. Like when it comes to some of the other characters, I'm kind of over Cisco crying about gypsy being gone. And I mean, and maybe it's harsh of me to say this, but I think that, you know, it, it's this they need to move on they need to kind of pivot from that storyline because um i feel as though i like gypsy but i just didn't really in my i didn't really buy necessarily see a lot of heat between those two characters mm-hmm. uh, so i'm just kind of over that i just want them to move on the characters i do think have heat are caitlin and ralph um they they got some chemistry there, and I really hope that they do explore the explore them potentially as a potential couple. I don't necessarily need them to become be shipped really quickly. I just want to kind of see the two of them play off of each other a little bit more. And Ralph got help. He needs a new costume because his current <laughs> costume sucks. He also I mean, needs a new name because. <laughs> well, that is the comic that, book. They're that never going to change the name. Because it was terrible. Anyways, okay, continue. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. But I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm also interested in like the new villain, uh, Cicada, that they introduced. They've swerved because the version of Cicada from the comics was essentially that bomber they caught earlier in uh, the third episode of, of the current season. So I'm kind of curious about um, the backstory. For this new one, um, I haven't been reading a lot of the current Flash comics, so I'm not sure if they're pulling from from the current volume of Flash. But I, I'm intrigued by what's going on with this current season. Meanwhile, over on Arrow, Roy is back and looking all scruffy, which isn't a bad look on him. Um, what are you thinking of how Arrow is playing out this season? I feel like there's we're back on the island for one, which I'm a little bit eye rolling, but it's not that bad yet. Felicity is going through some stuff. What are you thinking, Mo? About the island? I'm confused. I thought the island, the island blew up. So 
it, it I'm trying to figure out what's left. I am so confused. Like I I will be, I am so confused by this season of Arrow in terms of like the sequence of the events because the flashbacks don't look like flashbacks. They look like flash flash forwards because obviously Oliver's son has aged. And but yet we're on the island from for in many aspects I'm enjoying how the season is playing out. I'm liking Oliver in prison, but at the end of almost every episode, I'm like, WTF is going on. Well, well, I actually like, I don't mind the uh, the flash forward sequences with William and being on the island 20 years or whatever later. That's perfectly fine. I just need an explanation for, did, did, did uh, someone rebuild, did Argus rebuild the island or something? I mean, I just need an explanation for how does the island still exist? Uh, but I agree with you, Luke. I, I'm, I'm enjoying Oliver in prison. I kind of, again, this is kind of more of Oliver's chickens have come home to roost because he's trapped in prison with several people he's sent to prison and in their, their, you know, he's dropping the soap and fighting. I mean, literally, he's taking a shower and he's out to fight them off. Not because they, they want to, you know, do it. I mean, anything sexual but it's just like they want to kill him in the shower it's it, it that i'm really enjoying i did not really care for the introduction of the longbow hunters um that dude with the shield i think he's brick but i really couldn't understand I, maybe it was the audio or maybe it was that actor or something but i just couldn't really understand him and that shield you know i'm like what is he some would-be captain america i mean it's it, they're they're not quite the longbow hunters from the new 52 comics. Um, it's just, I just need a little bit more, but let's call it I, what I, it is. It, it, it looks like a really bad knockoff of Jimmy Olsen or they're trying to use his costume and save some money. I wouldn't go. Well, the she, maybe the shield. That's I mean, what I meant. I mean, that's what I was. Th- that was my joke. Oh, but that, Meanwhile, if I had been thinking about this ahead of time, I would have waited on Arrow to bring that up because him being in prison and Archie being in prison on Riverdale is a great segue. But I didn't think that far ahead on this episode. So let's talk a little bit about Legends. Legends came back with sparkly unicorns that were very not sparkly in the end. I don't think you watch this one, right, Mel? I don't. Okay, you're missing out because Legends is just a lot of fun, though I am missing Wally. That being said... Constantine is fitting in perfectly. Mo, what are you thinking of this uh, of the season premiere? Legends is just one of those shows at this point that you know you're either going to love it or hate it, and because it doesn't take itself seriously at all, it's very absurd. And I think that hasn't really t- going into the absurdity, just diving into the absurdity, like you know, demonic unicorns that are killing people at um, Woodstock and um, Gary, the Time Bureau agent's nipple getting bitten off. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's sort of veered away from a lot of what the other superhero shows are doing on the CW. And it really, at this point, kind of um, reminds me of this, weird amalgamation of Doctor Who and uh, the Doctor Who spinoff series like Torchwood and but again a bit more certainly adult than 
what Doctor Who is. Um, I love, again, like you said, Luke, I like Constantine being brought into the show, not necessarily the group. And we're curious to see um, how, 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 or, well, rather, if Constantine will end up considering himself a legend. Um, you know, I don't, I don't uh, think he will. Yeah, I don't think he will either. But and, and, and I really appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Sarah, Sarah's relationship with Ava continues to progress. And it's taking this interesting evolution in which they are living together. And and I'm I really hope that that relationship continues to be like the bedrock relationship of the team, because it really it seems to be that's like the core, like romantic relationship right now on that show and i think that'd be really cool i do kind of want sarah at some point to address um on legends maybe quentin's death and the fact that you know the doppelganger lol is like the is pretending to be the da well black siren is pretending to be the da i i kind of want something them to address that i'm curious to see where legends goes this season um I'm also curious to see what kind of shape or form the big bad will take this season because, you know, Mollus ended up being some big old CGI, what, uh, wing creature thing that kind of reminds you of Disney's Gargoyles. I mean, but so I'm, I'm just curious to see where Legends goes. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Legends so far, but though we're one episode into this current season. Supergirl has also made a return, but in the interest of time, um, we'll save that for next time that Dan is on to touch base on it because it hasn't been back quite as long as some of the others, um, though not. Uh, it's been around more than uh, Legends. Uh, Mel, Riverdale. I expressed my concerns with it because of the fact that I'm the... Archie and the Jughead like components of it are very difficult for me. I am not sure that that opinion has changed based on his prison storyline. I am enjoying Veronica with the speakeasy below her diner. I'm loving the parental component of the mystery that Betty and Reuben or Reuben, Betty and Jughead are like investigating. What are you thinking of it of the show, Mel? Well, I know before the previous podcast you mentioned, you were like, Archie is, uh, he's kind of dumb. I'm finally almost caught up on Riverdale. I'm one episode behind. I would have to agree with you because I feel like his decision to take a plea deal and go to jail was not the best. But, uh, okay, we'll move past that. I, I'm struggling a little bit with Riverdale, honestly. Um, I really like when, you know, we have all of our cast members and the story kind of is playing the beats off of each other. But I feel like there's also, especially in Betty's story, where we're trying to get into this little supernatural element. Now, granted, I didn't read very much of the comics, so I don't know if this was included in the comics or not. But when Betty went and she goes outside and she sees the twins and they get dropped in the fire, but not really. And she faints and she has a seizure. I was like, I'm not real sure what's going on in this show anymore. And I know I didn't miss any episodes. So see, and I think that that's going to be one of those things where someone like yourself who's not familiar with the comics. Granted, I have not read the comics myself other than like just your dime store ones that you might see at a, mm -hmm. at a whatever 
But I do mm-hmm. know from listening to comic podcasts that there has been in recent years a very successful run of supernatural like runs on them okay. so it's definitely in character also Archie and Sabrina which we're going to be getting to Sabrina shortly they're yes. in, they're in the same universe so there is the element okay. for that to come in um well that makes sense oh how big of a supernatural element is there in the just the regular comic line not not I mean it's very tongue-in-cheek in the old what you would call considered the dime store com- comics um but for you you alluded to the more recent supernatural ones. There was a comic, the um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which, I, from my understanding, the the TV show is falls from that template. And then um, there is that zombie apocalypse. That's uh, the one I'm afterlife thinking. That's the one I'm thinking about. You're talking about Afterlife with Archie. Yeah. yeah, that's the zombie one. And the producer, the writer for both of those comics, is a producer on Riverdale. And Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's uh, Robert uh, Roberto Aguirre's Casas. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Okay, Mel. But we distracted from your commentary. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I apologize, okay. Mel. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But you know, I feel like the really the essence of Riverdale is there. I mean, you still have Cheryl doing her thing, trying to be the queen bee, fighting with Veronica. That's always kind of fun. Um, I wish there was more Josie, as usual. But I just, that's kind of the, really the parts of Riverdale that I'm really struggling to get through. Now, I haven't watched this past week's episode, so maybe some things happen that are really interesting that I don't know about, but... Well, I hate to spoil it for you, but it's basically, there's a fight club in the basement of the prison where he is at and he has to do the noble thing and take a beating in order to try and save someone else after one shotting someone else in a previous fight. Oh, I never seen that before. I just (laughs) like, and that's the thing. I feel like Riverdale doesn't know what it wants to be, but maybe I'm, I agree. That's maybe the politest way I can put it. I feel like Mm -hmm. Riverdale has an identity complex and, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Mo, what are you thinking about Riverdale? I'm not caught up, to be honest. Uh, so I, I have to sit down on this conversation. I'm just enjoying what I'm hearing. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, did you watch uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Daredevil or am I or on Daredevil on Netflix? Or am I the only one who's caught uh, like watched a couple episodes? I haven't been able to watch. I didn't get a chance to watch this. Okay, yet. well, I will wax poetic for a few minutes on the the two episodes that I have watched. Uh, first, my impression of this is that there is definitely the the Riverdale vibe in terms of like the the period piece like environment. It reminded me very much of Riverdale meets Pushing Daisies with a sort of charmed magic like original charmed not the new one because we can discuss the current charmed but um it it, it's like a hybrid of that it's certainly much darker so the actress who plays sabrina i know she was on mad men she's really good as sabrina the ants this is not your tgif um sabrina at all um in that like one of the ants kills the other one in episode two and then when the other sister comes back to life, she's like, I'm going to kill you as many times as it takes for you to stop uh, w- coming out of the grave because every time it takes you longer. And I won't tell you why she did it, but there's like the familiars and the various other things. There's some really good 
elements. If you like Seamal, I think you might actually like it because of you liked the American Horror Story witch season so well. I, I love the witches. You know I love the witches. I And so I think that you might actually really enjoy this because I think that's where Sabrina excels that Riverdale is having a problem with. Sabrina is just straight up supernatural. It knows what it is. It's telling the story about a girl who has to choose between her human half and her magical half or she's and or is she going to make plot her own course? And it really comes down to that simple basic element. And then you build everything up on top of it. And it works. It works really well. I'm enjoying uh, enjoying the entire cast. Um, only two episodes in. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But it's, I'll put it this way. It's what I wanted Charmed to be. And Charmed is certainly not what I wanted. Um, have either of you guys watched the charmed? I'm scared to ask this. Have you watched the, have you watched the pilot or uh, the subsequent episode? I watched the pilot. Jesus, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord. In the morning. Um, it is. My eyes did not bleed, but that is a very low benchmark. Ooh, Lord, was there any scenery left? It was a good scenery chewing. Ooh, Lord, it was just, I just, I just, I was just holding myself because I was like, if, okay, so the CW has um, that telenovela show. And Jane I, I the Virgin? Like the Jane the Virgin, okay. So I know some of the exact, I, I remember, if I understand correctly, some of the executive producers on Jane the Virgin, I've worked on Charmed. And in some ways, it feels like a telenovela. It feels like um, like a telenovela that would be on Jane the Virgin. It's That's trying too it hard, too. It's tr- it is trying way too hard. Like, the things that... The, the sisterly dynamics, the sisterly chemistry that was just there in the original is not. And so they're forcing it through plot and through dialogue to try and force it. And it is really, really, really painful. And then there's, I'm, I feel like, and this is not meant as, this is not meant as to be derogatory, but I feel like it should be on ABC family or the former ABC family Freeform. I feel like this would be a show that I expect on Freeform, not a show that I expect when you have Supernatural, when you have the I mean Riverdale, when you it, there's it just doesn't feel like it fits and it really doesn't fit paired with Supergirl. Were, yeah. Did you find yeah. anything yeah. positive in it, Mo? Because for me, the only thing that was remotely positive was the white lighter. <laughs> well, I had problems with him. But... Did you? Did you? Okay. I, I I wasn't sure what he was trying to be. It was like it 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 it, it truly did feel like it was a show within a show. Like, like like again, I go back to this. Feels like um, Jane Jane's father should have been the white lighter and then it would have it would have worked for me because it was just so over the top but it, it oh i i feel like it 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 just was like 
slapstick comedy compared to the original Charmed, which was in itself goofy. But the goofy was charming because there was the sister chem- the chemistry between the sisters was missing. And that is, again, what you said, Luke, is what the problem is with this new charm. I'm you you're right. There's no chemistry between those sisters. I don't care that they sisters. I don't care. I don't care if they sisters. I I don't care if they die. What I thought was interesting is (laughs) that uh, little Colby Chandler is the mean girl for the college. That's that's what I thought was interesting. But speaking of soap alums, Wilson Bethel is on Daredevil season three. And it is nice to see him back on TV. I will leave it at that regarding Wilson Bethel. Bethel. But Daredevil Season 3 premiered. I've watched the first two episodes. It's a little bit slow, but all the Netflix Marvel shows uh, seasons start out slow. But it is a reminder of why Daredevil sent the benchmark for these other shows. Having Wilson Fisk back Kingpin is was is definitely for me the missing component from season two. The way that season two was structured made it felt very compartmentalized and I didn't enjoy it as much as season one Daredevil. But having Wilson Fisk back from episode one in season three, all of a sudden it's Daredevil and Kingpin and it works. I'm enjoying it. Mo, have you watched any of it? No, sadly. I mean, you're killing me here. You're you're killing me here. I'm sorry. Mel, did you watch it? Uh, no. Sorry. You guys. You guys. Sorry. Fine. It's too much television. Well, exactly. Well, we TV. We only have a few minutes left. So to wrap these up, I want to go to Mel because I know you went to a movie. And Mo, I want to know what your thoughts are on Doctor Who because I've been waiting to hear them with anticipation. Mo, what did you think of Doctor Who, the first three episodes with Jodie Whittaker? Uh, Jodie Whittaker is so charming as the Doctor. It's it's very it's a bit of a, fr- a fresh air compared to Peter Capaldi, the previous Doctor. Skeletor. And, and, and not to take away from Peter Capaldi's performance as, as, as the Doctor, but I think Jodie Whittaker is the is the Doctor that we need right now. I think the stories that Chris Chibnall is who's the um, current uh, he, the new head rock doctor who is telling are very timely. It's a, it's about empowerment. They feel all age, ages. They the stories, particularly the and as you alluded to the Rosa Parks episode, uh, the third episode of the, the current series. It really um, it's not it wasn't necessarily preachy, but it was this great window into another time period with protagonists who weren't American. So it kind of gives us their perspective on things. Um, I'm, I'm curious to um, get to know the new, uh, well, they're calling them friends of the doctor now instead of companions. Um, um, I like the female Yasmin. Um, and and I, I, I do like, and I like the relationship between Graham and Ryan. It isn't, um, they, they, they only have each other now that Ryan's grandmother has died. And I hope that through their travel with the doctor, they will come together a bit more. But it was clear that Graham considers Ryan his grandson. It doesn't matter if um, Graham is white and Ryan is black. But, you know, even in the 50s in, 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 in Alabama, he was going to stand up for, for his grandson. And I thought this was very powerful and very, very moving. Um, 
the one criticism I do have for this new series is that I think that the plots in terms of the villains are a little thin. I don't think we're getting quite a bit of the backstory or the complicated villain villain plots that we got that, in previous that was my most disappointing that was my most disappointing part of the first episode. I couldn't believe that we got a brand new doctor and a throwaway villain. And I realize in episode two, they tried to sort of tie back to that one, but it made so little of an impression in the pilot that or the season premiere that I didn't care about it be, them being mentioned again in the second episode. And I was glad that there, I was glad that there was really no mention of it in the third. Unless the game plan is to bring them back, you know, later on in the in the in the, in the series as a as the quote unquote ultimate big bad or something. But I need more information. I mean, I, they, they were just they 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 just. But those first two episodes were clearly about getting the team together, getting the new TARDIS, people just trying to bond with each other, and us as the viewers getting to know everyone as as opposed to worrying about some sort of grandiose plot, because that's what we got under the previous regime. The Moffat era was all about those grandiose plots. And Chris Chibnall seems right now, he seems to be the inverse. It's all about character. And it's, and, but, but that's the thing. I, I like these character driven storylines. I just also need to have a good sci fi villain, too. And they're not. And a memorable bullet that won it. Yeah. And that's where it's failing. Mel, you went to the movies. I did. I finally went to the movies and I saw the new Halloween. So. I like horror movies. My favorite type of horror movies are slashers. Michael Myers is my favorite. So there's the background. Now, granted, they've had about, I don't know, seven, eight, nine movies they've had since the original. But in our newest installment of Halloween, this one is pretending like all of those other sequels do not exist. We are just pretending Halloween period exists and none others. Granted, Halloween 2 is probably my favorite, but we'll get into that later. So... In this one, we have Lori Strode. She still lives in Haddonfield for whatever reason, because if it had been me, I'd have been gone. So she still lives in Haddonfield, and she has a daughter. She has a granddaughter. She's estranged from her daughter. She keeps in contact with her granddaughter, but really she is just waiting for Michael Myers to eventually escape because you know it's coming at some point, and she's built this fortress it's kind of like a trap, but she built this fortress around her where, you know, it's her house. And if he's going to come to her, you're going to come to me on my terms. Well, in this story, we meet Michael Myers. He's in the insane asylum again. And these two journalists from somewhere in the UK have come. They've done all these stories about him. They know everything about him and they want to go and they want to do a story on him. And they bring the infamous mask. And they're like, don't you feel it? You feel the evil of the mask? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, y'all going to be the first who wants to die because clearly this is not going to work. Well, as we're going through the movie, eventually, you know, Michael does escape because they were going to transfer him to some new asylum that's supposed to be state of the art. Well, spoiler alert, the bus crashes and everyone gets out. 
And hijinks ensue after that. He gets his mask back. He goes on his killing spree. Laurie Strode, who's played by the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, is back to reprise her role. She's keeping track of him, trying to track him down. They eventually do have the big showdown. But, guys, this was fantastic. I loved it. There were so many little Easter eggs from the original movie. You know, she falls off the balcony and she's gone. Her granddaughter sees her out the window. Like, she used to see Michael Myers out of the window. I just loved it. Yes, the story could have used a little bit more work, but I think just for the sheer nostalgia and the way it felt to be in a theater full of people who are like, you know, who are jumping and screaming and it's fantastic. I love the story. I'm a big fan of the Halloween series, so it was great. Well, what has me excited is Sarah J. Moss went and released the latest um novel in the throne of glass series it's called a kingdom of ash i have been following this series for a very long time and i absolutely adore it and cannot wait to read it uh we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com follow us on twitter twitter.com slash gk confidential like us on facebook facebook.com slash gk confidential you can find me on twitter at luke underscore kerr Mo is at Dr. Mo 77 and Mel is at Melody Akles. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. <laughs>